Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, a family time, weekly dose of inspiration and insight. This is an extension of Project Give Back in the classroom. And each episode, as you know, is shared and it's, it's sent to classroom teachers all over. So it's so great to be back. And I'm really excited about tonight's show. Tonight's theme is about resiliency. You know, I think about resiliency and I think of this image of a teeter-totter. And when you think of a teeter-totter, you think about it just being in balance. And if it were just in balance and you were sitting there and someone else is on the other end, that'd be pretty boring, like really, really boring. And so you think about it going up and down and it hits the bottom and then the person on the other end flies to the top and they actually do a little pop, right? So you don't feel that pop of excitement unless you've been at the bottom. And then it can go up and down and up and down. And to me, that's resiliency. And right now we need it more than ever. So we have an amazing show tonight. Some of my favorite people are on and we are going to start off with his name is Tyler Simmons. And I first met Tyler when he was singing at a Live Wise concert. And Tyler was up on stage and he was, I think he was about 14 at this time. And he was just jamming it out. And he was so, so incredible. And Jacob just lit up when he heard Tyler's voice. So we made sure that we went to meet Tyler. And Tyler just started to come back and sing to Jakey and he used to come often on Sundays and now he comes to our weekly jams on Sundays. So we're going to start off the show. Welcome Tyler Simmons. No, oh, Ellen, thank you so much for having me. I always love being a part of anything that you're a part of. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to say a couple of things, words about like a time that, uh, I had to like go through some resilient stuff. Um, this is like kind of a like life lesson thing moment for me. Uh, I was in grade eight and I did this thing called rock and roll fantasy camp, um, where I basically flew out to like Vegas and they put us, in, they put me into like a band and I was like the singer and like the whole point of it was at the end you got to perform with like a celebrity. So um, we got to perform with like Tommy Thayer from Kiss, which was like super cool. Um, but yeah, the day before the performance, I got like so sick that I couldn't speak, like not let alone singing. Like I wasn't able to like form sentences because I was so sick. Um, and I just like I just did not know how I was going to get on stage. So I sat next to the band director and I was like, I just I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he basically said, like, you're the only singer we have in the band, so you have to make it on. And I'm not sure if he like thought I was maybe just like nervous or if he actually like knew to the extent of how sick I was, but he was basically like, you have to do it. So I just like internalized it and I just like got on stage and I sang the best that I could, which actually ended up being pretty good and it was pretty fun and it was a really like memorable moment in my life because I just learned that you can just go up and you can always push through anything. Like, I really didn't think that I'd be able to sing. Like, I, even stepping on stage, I had no idea if sound would come out of my mouth, but it did. Um, so I just learned then that you can kind of push through anything. So, uh, 
to move on to the song I'm going to be singing, uh, this I think is basically like the embodiment of resilience, this song, um, which actually is from the person that also played at the event that I met Ellen at the first time, Andy Grammer. Uh, this is Keep Your Head Up. that song and you know how much I love you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Tyler, will you tell everyone how they can find you on the wide web? Oh, um, sure. Uh, my Instagram is basically, uh, it's Tyler Sim Music. So like Tyler and then Sim, S-I-M and then music. Uh, and that's the same on Twitter. And then you can basically just search for my name on YouTube. 
just Tyler Simmons, and you should hopefully be able to find me. <laughs> well, you are Thank awesome. you so much, Ellen, for having me, really. Thanks. Love you. Keep it up. He's at Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and Ty, you're following your dream. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's amazing. Okay, so tonight's expert is Sharon Niece Arbus. She is an author of Me and My So-Called Friends. She's also founder and CEO of Brave the Waves, a program in schools that is building resiliency. Sharon, welcome. How are you today, Cher? You have to unmute yourself. Oh, okay. there, there you go. Hi. Hi, Sharon, welcome. Thank so, you. Nice to see you and so happy you're here. And I'm so happy I'm here. Your book is so wonderful and it brings back so many memories from, you know, middle school, especially young high school. It's, it's great. I'm uh, really glad you enjoyed it. I loved it. Good. And tell us, why did you write this book? Well, so growing up for me wasn't easy. Like most kids, I was teased, left alone. I remember being picked last for the team, maybe missing a dance partner and being called a range of colorful names that I, I won't get into right now. But for many years, I had these experiences and I tucked them away until one day when I was ready to put them on paper. And I did. So as Adrian Gold said two weeks ago, my struggle as a child has become my purpose. But being the writer that I am, I didn't want this to be a memoir. The story, me and my so-called friends, is an amalgamation of my own personal experience, what I saw, and my imagination. But the best part, which I loved, was creating all the characters and the stories and just making it really interesting for the reader, just twisting the plot and just trying to make sure that the reader would, kept, would be interested. So that was fun to make up stories. I wrote me and my so-called friends because I want people to know that no matter what happens to you, you can get up. The act of getting up will train your brain to become stronger and stronger each time you get hurt. What is this getting up? It's being resilient. I believe the more experience you have with disappointments and finding ways to heal yourself, you're able to bounce back and become stronger. You can heal and move on, no matter how hurtful whatever happened. It helps you build resiliency. And like everything, being good at something, it takes practice. By being resilient, you'll also find that when changes come your way, you're a little better at adapting to difficult times. For example, this pandemic. Didn't you find that those who had some struggle in their lives adapted a little better than those who everything just came their way. I found that. So getting back to the book, I also believe that having characters in a story that go through difficult stuff makes the reader feel comforted. They can relate to the, what the character went through. For example, the main character, Lizzie, has a really nasty rumor spread about her. So when the reader reads that, they'll be like, hmm, I just happened to have that situation happened to me last week and Lizzie went through it and she survived. So, so can I. 
Yeah, the book took me right back to grade eight and some really hurtful situations that happened to me back then too. And I think, I think all of us uh, can relate to Lizzie in, in some way. And that's what's so great about your book. Thank you. But it's those moments, like you said, that they just, they build you up to be the person that you are, right? Without right. you would never be who you are. So although they're lousy and you hate them, they actually are really important. Correct? They're lessons. Yeah, they are lessons. So, so how would you find resiliency? So first of all, I don't resiliency is, but I, I Googled it, of course, because I want to make sure I had the right answer. So according to Google, it's the capacity to recover quickly. And I have believed that because it's the, it's, you're able to recover, but there's no race here. There's no stopwatch. Like whatever happens to you, recover at your own time. So, you know, the perfect comeback, you know, watching a TV or a movie and the writer has the perfect comeback to whatever happens in the scene. And then you think about like, oh, I wish I could have said something like that when so-and-so was mean to me or I felt alone or I just didn't know what to do. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that comeback is just not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> It's just life. I mean, that's why there's writers out there who make the perfect scenes for TV and movies. But I've got news for you. I've got the perfect comeback for everybody. And what is this comeback? It's called the toolbox. And the toolbox is all part of being resilient. So in this toolbox are a bunch of ideas and stuff to help you after whatever occurred. Anything that will make you feel better. So you can come back on your own with a friend, a family member, doesn't really matter. So I'm sure you're all dying to know what's in my toolbox. I'll show me yours if you show me what's in yours. <laughs> I'm kidding, okay. I'm for sure going to share what's in my toolbox. I mean, I just turned 50 last week, but and believe it or not, people still grind my gears. You? Yeah, it happens, it happens. Anyhow, so mine's real easy and cheap. So first of all, in my toolbox, I am prepared to talk to someone who I love and trust. I'll run a hot bubble bath. I'll go for a run where the endorphins come up and it's just a great, happy feeling. I'll read a good book. Or of course, watch the trashy TV show. That always works too. So what could be in your toolbox is totally up to you. You just know in the back of your mind that whatever happens that day, you have your toolbox ready and waiting for you. I love that. That's just, it's, it's brilliant. You wanna know what's in my toolbox? Yeah, please share. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Just being here and watching people like you and people I respect and admire shine and share share their knowledge and wisdom that that for me just I don't know um when Not I chocolate? when I can see other people feel joy that gives me joy so that's like right away that's just one of my my toolbox that's right in there is at the top so you also mentioned in your guidebook and this is part of your curriculum there's this amazing lesson you have in finding your pain and recognizing what that pain means for me, 
Um, unfortunately, I've had to feel pain quite a lot. And but for me, I know it right away. It's a feeling in my throat and it just takes my heart down to my stomach and then it tightens up and it just rushes up and then the tear faucets, the, it just off the tears. And that happens to me, but all of us are so different. So will you share that, that lesson with us? Sure, so there are 10 lessons in the Brave the Waves teacher's manual that goes with the book, These My So-Called Friends. And all the exercises are amazing, but there's one particular exercise that I just love because I think because it's so hands-on. So you take a really big piece of butcher paper, maybe a towel or a sheet, and you lie down and you trace your body and of the all of the curves and your feet and your arms and your head. And then you step away and you see there's a picture drawing of your body. And then you say to a trusted friend, when you feel scared or nervous or sad when someone hurts you, where do you feel it? And then you can point, maybe mark an X to where you feel in your body, like you feel it in your throat and your stomach. I feel it on my shoulders. This goes up to my ears. So I would put two X's there, like now the shoulders. So I know that these feelings are real and I know that I'm not making them up and I get to talk about them. And that is just a huge weight lifted from your shoulders. And then when you talk about them, then you can be resilient. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you. In the chat, um, people want to know how they can get your book and how to find you on social media. Will you tell us? Sure. So there's a couple of ways to find the book. First of all, if you're in the GTA and you want an autographed copy, uh, I want you to email me and I will get a book to you and make write my signature in it, of course. So you can email me at Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, at bravethewavesprogram.com. On social media, I'm bravethewaves underscore. I'm also on Facebook too. What was the other question you asked me? No, that was it. Where, the, oh, where, where they can find your book. Oh, yeah. So uh, also on Amazon. Okay. But if you're in the GTA, I'll get one to you. Thank you, Sharon. Really Thank fun. you. That name, Brave the Waves, is because that's what we're doing. That's resilience. It's braving it. the waves, right? And trying to learn how to surf and getting pummeled along the way, right? Yeah. But, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So speaking of resilient people, we met Sam Kaplan years ago when he was at Project Give Back. And he was in grade five. And Sam touched our hearts then. And we've been following him along the way. And he's now at, I well, almost in Ivy, but he's at Western University first year from home. <laughs> right, right there, that's a lesson in resilience, Sam. But uh, Sam, will you come on and talk to us a bit? Absolutely, that's why I'm here. Um, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything terribly extraordinary uh, about me. You know, the vast majority of the things that I've done are largely things that anyone can do. I just think what's more unique about me is, uh, I guess, the life that I was born into has just, I've been lucky, has really pushed me in a direction of, you know, being in the position to be able to and really wanting to do what I can to give back to my community. Um, so I guess um, 
in regards to Project Give Back, the most obvious uh, thing in that regard is uh, I have Tourette syndrome and I have ADHD. Um, that was only more recent, but um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tourette syndrome or Tourette's for short is just a neurological disorder uh, which causes you to have various things called tics, which is just involuntary uh, various movements in the body. I like, for example, uh, move my eyebrows around a lot or like grind my teeth, lots of different things. Um, the details aren't too important. I'm lucky that my symptoms are fairly mild, but often um, people with Tourette's can find that their tics are disruptive to both themselves and often to people around them can face issues like uh, just bullying and ostracization. And um, again, I'm, I guess I'm just a very lucky person. I did not experience those things, but uh, certainly, especially earlier on when I was around um, nine or so years old, maybe 10, when I was first diagnosed, um, I was certainly not totally comfortable with, with my Tourette's. I was in uh, school plays at my, uh, my old public school and I wasn't really comfortable being at any more because I didn't really you know, want to be on stage, you know, doing these like awkward things, awkward tics. Um, but you know, um, my, my parents strongly encouraged me or perhaps at that age, the better word is forced, but they, um, you know, they, they, um, they kept me going. They, they convinced me to stay in the school plays and, you know, kept me going. And then um, it was still generally something that I more kept to myself until in fifth grade uh, at my school, we did Project Give Back. And uh, Melissa, who's here, was our Project Give Back teacher. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you all know what Project Give Back is, I assume. I don't need to explain that. But I decided to uh, find a charity that had a connection with myself. And there's this charity called Tourette Canada, which is, I believe, the only uh, nationwide charity that uh, you know, works to support mainly children who have Tourette syndrome, provide supports and money and so on. Uh, and so I decided to do my presentation on Tourette Canada and uh, at the same time use that experience to actually share with all of my classmates, you know, what Tourette's is and what my experience with Tourette's is like. And, um, and obviously they were very supportive. I didn't have to be like nervous that I would be judged or anything. I was also at an alternative school where like people have all sorts of learning disabilities like ADHD that I have. Um, so that was really just the perfect environment for me to be able to share my experiences with my peers. Uh, and, you know, the combination of Project Give Back and having parents who strongly, very, very strongly encouraged me to engage in things like charity and giving back to the community. Uh, I go to a summer camp, Camp Manitou, that strongly encourages giving back to the community. Um, and these are all parts of my toolbox as, um, people uh, as uh, Sharon and Ellen were discussing a few minutes ago. And, you know, since then I've, you know, done whatever I can do to try and give back. Between grades five and eight, I wrote an anthology of, a short anthology of poems and published it and uh, donated all of the proceeds to Tourette Canada. And then I was their keynote speaker at one of their events, which was very cool. I think I raised around $3,000 for them, which was very exciting. I ran a couple of food banks at my schools and then just as much as I could went to various charity events that my summer camp ran and 
volunteered for two years at a charity in downtown Toronto called the Children's Book Bank. Uh, and now I'm a volunteer writer for a senior center in Montreal. You know, these are all, again, these are all very, maybe not the book, but everything else, these are all very ordinary ways uh, to engage with the community and to just do what you can to help people out in your neighborhood. Uh, but as I said, the, tra the trajectory of my life has just been fantastic. And my parents especially have just been fantastic in pushing me in that direction. Uh, and lately, you know, on top of charity, I've been become very interested in politics as a way to help give back to my community and in engage with my community. And so, you know, th that's pretty much all I have to say. I'm, I just, uh, I suppose my experiences have really helped me, uh, you know, find myself and find out ways that I can give back to the community. Sam, I have one thing to say to you as Melissa's clapping, they're all clapping, <laughs> but there's nothing ordinary about you. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I, I suppose I can agree with that you much. Are, you, are, you are remarkable. You are, we saw it way back when, and you still are. And you were an entrepreneur way back when. And all I can say is in third year, watch out, Ivy. We are so excited to see what you're going to do in this world. Thank you so much, Sam, for being a part of this today. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me speak. I really appreciate it. You rock. You absolutely rock. All right. Well, guys, oh my gosh, Melissa is so proud of you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so nice. Okay, well, it is time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay at One to Give. Lindsay, are you there? Hi, everyone. And Sam, that was such an inspiring presentation. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about Thanksgiving and what gratitude and giving thanks looks like and who we give thanks to and who sometimes we forget to thank. My husband, Mike, works in the ICU as a doctor, and in the early days of the pandemic, we were really overwhelmed by how many people came to us to express their gratitude and say thank you. We had letters, we had emails, dinners, flowers, but one thing we kept talking about is how many more people are in a hospital than just doctors. You have nurses, social workers, caretakers, researchers. And as this pandemic has unfolded, the front lines have expanded. So now we have food banks, shelters, and most recently schools. And there are just so many people who are putting themselves out and are at risk and are working so hard and have had to change their job to protect all of us. Um, so here's your kindness challenge. And I think it's one that we can all do. Write a note of thanks. Write it to someone who you think might not have had someone say thank you. An unsuspecting hero, an unsung frontline worker or essential service person. It could be, you know, your school custodian, the crossing guard, a PSW at a nursing home. You could mail the letter, you could email it, you could drop it off safely at a distance. And I think just hearing someone say, thank you, and I see you, I see what you're doing, could really and truly just make someone's day. I had my kids, you know, we talked about gratitude, we talked about who they wanted to thank. 
Um, and if the Project Give Back community does this, please send us a picket one to give. We'd love to share it. We'd love to inspire other people. And just remember everyone, kindness is really contagious. I'll see you next time. Lindsay, that is it's right up our alley. That is so great. And thank you for that. We all have to remember that uh, gratitude is key and giving to others is even more important. And that is the boomerang. That is throwing out kindness in the world and just feeling so good about that. So everyone, thank you to our guests tonight. That wraps up our second show. Um, let's embrace one another. Let's be kind to one another. And let's learn from one another. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Thanks. Open your heart today.